Tears, I'm in tears. <laughs> Still gives me chills. <laughs> I, I, I bet he's really crying now. Oh. Well, welcome, welcome to oh, episode 25, memories. Malapert Smart Wrestling Podcast. If, uh, for you uh, audio podcast listeners out there, if there are any, uh, the three of us were just watching a clip from August 20th, 2021, a little a shade over two years ago now, it's a little bit over two years, when CM Punk made his debut in AEW, and um, man, still gives me chills, still gives me chills, what a pop. It was a great moment, but it is over now. The CM Punk experiment at AEW has ended. He's been fired as of Saturday, September 2nd. Uh, we're recording today on September 8th, so that was a few days ago now. The the news has been hot uh, for about six days, and, you know, it's getting a little cooler, but, you know, we haven't talked about it yet. So we want to talk about the most important news of the week. CM Punk is gone so let's just jump straight into it. We got Vlad, the wrestling expert. We got Robert on today. Rubber Toe W, his handle on in, on social medias. Go at him. And uh, so let's let's just jump right into it. Vlad, you go first. Uh, what was your reaction <laughs> when you heard CM Punk got fired? Well, pretty okay. Well, hold on. Let me back up a little bit. <clears throat> I, I think. I kind of broke the news to you guys, or maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. If no, somebody... yeah, you, you did for me, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you did. That was the first time I heard it. I was just kind of going through, you know, my whatever phone stuff and just looking up stuff, and all of a sudden, like, I, I see on, like, oh, CM Punk fired by W, and I'm like, what? Is that for real? So I click on the link, you know, whatever, I read it. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, obviously it ended up being all true, but as far as my thoughts, I mean, surprise, initially surprise, and then more of like um, acceptance and anger and all the things that you kind of do when you're in denial, right? Isn't that like the, all the steps of denial? Uh, but, you know, you kind of accept it in the end because you kind of see the company for what it is and you kind of expect things like this to happen. So I'm not going to go too crazy about all of that because it was probably probably the best thing for all parties that they split because it just didn't they just didn't mesh well chemistry wise they just two two different person like, there's different personalities in modern wrestling to the way punk was brought up and you can't bridge that gap unfortunately so and there's no way to do it you know so uh, yeah that's it well, obviously it was it, it was raucous it was, let me just finish. It was raucous. It was a raucous two years, but, you know, it, you know, it, it ended, you know, prematurely could have gone on longer, but I think at the end of, at the end of it, it's just for the best for both 
that they just split. Well, look, they tried really hard to keep it together. They they kind of went out of their way to try to keep this together. Well, let me hear, Roberts. What was your first reaction to this, too? I was a little surprised. I mean, I, I thought that the worst that was going to happen was you would, you know, be suspended for a while. I didn't expect him to be fired. Yeah, so more so my, my reaction was more like disappointed because um, there were yeah there were a lot of potential feuds that was i was really excited for like yep. um the a third a third match with mjf would have been awesome um a feud with jay white would have been really cool or or if um whether cm punk turned heel or or adam cole turned heel i think uh a cm punk adam cole feud would have been really good too um and then, of course, the the uh, the feud with Ricky Starks never finished. So, I think it's a shame. There were a, a lot of really great potential feuds. Um, he could have uh, rekindled his uh, rivalry with um, Brian Danielson. That that would have been another option there. And um, I don't Ugh. know, like late... making me sad, Robert. You're making me sad. Sorry. <laughs> I just you know I, I was thinking of all the all the potential that um, you know that was basically thrown away by, by his firing. Like, man. Oh, yes. Yes. Dis disappointing to say the least. Cause yeah. like I said, they did give it a, a very good chance. Like most people would have fired him last year after his outburst at all out 2022, but they really went out of their way to like separate the rosters, give him his own show. And like, it was all so much effort to just get thrown away just like that. Like, you know what? I've had enough. Let's, Talk about Tony Khan and how he announced the firing on Collision. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, everything everything he said about you know what happened that day. We all know, we've all heard it by now that uh, he he was scared for his life is the big buzzword, and he was scared for uh, the safety of his coworkers. Um, Robert, you you buy any of that, or is that all just legal mumbo jumbo? What do you think? I didn't buy any of that. <laughs> um. I, I think it's mostly legal mumbo jumbo. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he was really afraid of like you know, the, the safety of the, or the well-being of the wrestlers backstage. Like, come on, they they can handle themselves. They're, I I don't think he was really that worried about it. So I I didn't I didn't buy that, personally. Yeah, well there there is a faction of people who we just don't know Tony Khan that well. You know, we he, mm. he's new to us. He's not on TV that much. We don't know him personally, so. Um, it is possible that it could be true, but Vlad, what is your gut feeling? Is is it, is is Tony Khan afraid for his life, or was that just a way to kind of get out of CM Punk's contract without paying him? I mean, he's probably yeah exaggerating it more than it needs to be just to get out of the contract and to like make it. Um, I guess a little bit more palatable to the fans of why it had to happen whether people agreed with it or not. Um, obviously, they make him sound like Punk like, had like a shotgun or something and was ready to shoot up the locker room or something that he feared for his life it sounds insane. <laughs> I mean, it was a scuffle that he had with another wrestler, which has happened in almost every wrestling locker room for the past, uh, what, 80, 90, 100 years, probably. So I think it's what you guys are kind of saying. It's more maybe for the legality reasons, for reasons that have to do with maybe whatever he has to pay to Punk or maybe doesn't want to pay to Punk and knowing that there probably will be some sort of lawsuit that will come from that. Who knows? But yeah, it's probably I've, more I've heard it. Uh, I've heard it bantied about 
like uh, I listened to Jim Cornette talk about it. This is where I heard this from. And it was like, he was a little skeptical about why he actually went out there and made this announcement himself because it kind of just either, like if it was true, it made him look like, you know, a little bit of a, you know, I don't know what's the word currently, you know, a nice word to use here, but, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, a, a scaredy cat. <laughs> a scaredy cat. Thank you, Vlad. Mm -hmm. Thank you. The PG version. He's either going <laughs> to yeah. make himself look like a weak scaredy cat or he's going to look like he's obviously trying to cover his ass and say bullshit things to get CM Punk out and get out of the contract. Because, man, we've all seen P CM Punk fight for real. No one's afraid of CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> So that's kind of uh, that's kind of hard to believe. But look, so let's talk about some of the ramifications of this for the company, because because this was a little bit of a power struggle for the past year between some of the old guys, the older generation who uh, were butting heads with the younger guys, i.e. Young Bucks, Jungle Boy, guys who don't want to take advice and want to do their wrestling their way, despite how it affects the rest of the show. Is that war like? over now or since punk is gone yeah yeah i would say so i mean he was the leader of the other side right so when you fire the leader of the other side it pretty much is over so right? collision it's, will become dynamite basically since punk is out of the way we don't have to worry yeah, about I this think so. it's, it's kind I think of like all, i think it's gonna end, end the brand split and everybody will just be wrestling on like most shows, which could be a good thing or a bad thing, but if it's gonna be just another dynamite, it's a bad thing, you know? But nonetheless, yeah, I mean, it ends that aspect of things, but it has bigger ramifications. I mean, CM Punk was the one, one of the few legit stars, you know, marquee names in the company. Uh, and to have that be the first, the first person that Tony Khan actually fires from this company is, whew. Man, it's just it's tough thing. It's a tough thing to actually take and actually believe, but it is what it is. You know, like well, I said, it's just, it, it is what it is. Robert, I was I'm, I'm seeing you with a a look on your face, like you're deep in thought a little bit. Is is the feud between the 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 elite and the the older generation guys? Who is that over? The the elite win? I don't know about over, but it's. It has definitely tilted toward their favor, the elite's favor, for sure. It's hmm. um, they have the upper hand at the moment. Um, yeah, uh, that's hard to say. And but I, I also do agree that um, Collision is probably gonna be more like Dynamite from now on. Well, good. That means we got to review Collision too. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if it's completely over. The fact that Danielson is there. Yeah, it's that, a little that, bit. That's, of... that, that's and then that's why I'm I'm not. I was saying that I don't think it's like really it's over. Yeah, but it, but it is. It has tilted toward the um, elite favor. Yeah, but they do have Danielson over there on Collision. It looks like uh, he's going to be having a major role now to uh, carry the mantle uh, that Punk was trying to carry. Uh, one more question. I had one more question. There's a theory floating around that I've heard from a few people that. CM Punk did this to try to get out of his contract, get fired, um, so he could leave the WWE. You think there's any truth to that, Vlad? You see that being possible? Um, Dutch you know, Mantel said this. I heard this from Dutch. If you want me to sure, get my Dutch. source. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, look, anything is possible. <clears throat> we know that he didn't get along with many people in that company, and we know that he wants to go back to the WWE because it's been proven. 
already with now with AW within the last, you know, whatever they've been as a company as since they formed, like for what is it, four or five years now, that they are a second rate company. I'm sorry. Anybody that sees it differently, I'm sorry, it's just the way it is. They've proved it a number of different ways by staying in their indie mindset. So with that said, yes, he probably wants to go back to WWE. And I don't know if he's going to be able to go back to WWE because I'm sure he burned some bridges <laughs> there too. But, it's you know, that would be the best place for him because there's a lot of potential feuds for him there too. I think, uh, you know, I could see him, you know, a feud with him and Cody would be amazing, like, for example. But, I mean, I don't know. I, yes, but to answer your question, yes, it is possible because he hated it there so much that he for, maybe forced their hand. Uh, so Do you I'm see him possibly going, going back to WWE? Can they mend the bridges? I'll ask Robert the same thing after you're done. Um, I hope so. I hope so. Punk is, you know, not an easy guy to get along with. That is the truth. Uh, I could see But he's a major Bobby. star they, that they could yeah. take away who had a fight with everybody in AEW and, you know, yeah. was, a, was a, a badass oh. guy who didn't take shit from anyone, had the title at the end, could claim to be the real world champion. So it's, he's got I, value. I, believe it or not, I think – I could be wrong. I really don't know the mindset, but I, I think if it's up to Vince – he would do it, but I think Triple H has some more reservations. So, you know, I just think we'll see. You know, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. I, all I right. think Vince is all about business, you know, and he will, yeah. if he thinks it's going to be a star, but Triple H probably has some, there were some negative things that Punk said about Triple H personally, so I don't know. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Okay, Robert, do you think there's any chance CM Punk got himself fired on purpose to try to go to WWE? And at this point, now that he's fired, do you think there's a chance he could end up in WWE? Um, so it's, it's funny that Vlad mentioned Vince, because my answer to that question is Vince McMahon's theme music. I know you, you guys are familiar <laughs> no with that. No chance there's in hell. There's no chance. Yeah. There's no chance in hell. I, I really don't think so. I don't, I don't think it's happening. Yeah, some people uh, just say this is the end of CM Punk's wrestling career. Although I could see him go to New Japan. You know, although those guys are friends with AEW, so maybe they'll want to kind of keep that relationship by not touching CM Punk, but I don't know. I am sure Impact would take him, but they probably don't have more than 500 bucks a night to give him. So I don't think he would take it. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, uh, what was I going to say about this? So my reaction, my reaction to the CM Punk firing, I... I feel bad for CM Punk personally. Like, it kind of sucks being a guy that has the, a reputation like this and nobody wants to be around him. That, doesn't that kind of – imagine you were him, dude. Mm. Like, literally all the companies are like, no, man, we'd rather just not have anything to do with you. <laughs> it's kind of sad, man. His personality, his attitude um, – I don't know if I would – I want to go so far as to call it, like, a disorder because that's kind of, like, insulting. But uh, he definitely has some kind of, like, anger manager, anger management issue going on where he, he can't let things go and it, it gets him – his emotions too, too boiling, too boiling to the point where he can't handle himself. And uh, that kind of sucks, you know? Like, um, and – in addition to that, it kind of seemed to me like everyone was trying to, like, nudge him to do something. Like, I've here's another conspiracy theory I've heard. Speaking of conspiracy theories, I heard a conspiracy theory that 
they were trying to fuck with him so much, the elite and, you know, I guess Jack Perry, who's friends with them, you know, came in together all, you know, from that generation. I, I heard this theory that some of the guys were trying to screw with him to the point where he would react and try to get him fired that way. So I think that could be true. Like, why were they trying to mess with him? Like, all everything was kind of, like, blown over from last year. Everyone was working together, but people couldn't let it go. The Young Bucks couldn't let it go. Um, as we've seen on Collision, they were kind of, like, really um, – or on Dynamite. They were celebrating CM Punk's firing. They took a, a victory lap, right, around the ring is what I heard after the show. So, yeah, they never let it go. I think they had it out for Punk. I think they didn't like this direction that the company was going with Collision, people liking it. It's possible that they kind of set this, set him up. So I think that's possible. Uh, another thing I want to say about Punk is that possibly because of his anger issues, he needs to like kind of ease up on this straight edge thing. Like, have a drink, buddy. Calm down. <laughs> Honestly, man. Like, I have the same issue. I get angry sometimes like i and i i i know alcohol is not good for you and i go long stretches trying not to drink because i know it's not the best for your health and you're not productive on it and all that but dude after about two or three weeks of being sober like i'm i'm climbing the walls anyone that that rubs me the wrong way like i want to fight with them and i gotta go have a couple drinks and that'll like kind of settle me like, oh, yeah, life isn't so bad <laughs> So this is my theory about CM Punk. He's been sober so long consecutively that he's kind of gone psychotic, maybe. You know? That's, that's funny. That's well, it, it, it is a theory, but what about people that, you know, also don't don't drink and they don't and they don't end up being a psychotic? Hey, everybody's punk, so. different. All I'm saying is that. I can relate to Punk and his personality. I see similarities in myself. And sometimes when I have a drink, it kind of just makes me feel a little different. Like, all right, you know what? Maybe I should just let it go. All right, that wasn't so important. But, you know, you you, you, you got to have, like, some something to change your mindset sometimes. Smoke a J. Do something, you know? I don't know. He just seemed like he was always on edge, always ready to fight at any drop of a dime, anybody saying anything to him. But... That's my that's my thoughts about it. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for us, obviously, as Robert mentioned, all the possible feuds we could have had that we were waiting for, that we were very patiently waiting for. He got injured twice. He got suspended. And uh, so I just want to confirm with Robert. Robert, do you think this is the end of CM Punk's wrestling career? This is the way it goes out. He goes out getting fired by AW. Um, I think so. Because, well, because you. Because you said there's no chance he's going back to the WWE. You quoted yeah, Vince. Because I feel like, Vince yeah, because I feel like he, he's burned way too many bridges over there. I agree. Um, I there, agree. A lot of the you know, top stars and Triple H, they just don't like him. So, <laughs> yeah. I think I, all right. there are yeah. a lot of people there that don't. That is mm -hmm. true. So he would have to, it would have to be like a turnaround of some sort by those people to all welcome right. him back. So we'll see. I mean, I hope he does come back, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't because of the reasons we just said. My guess, and I'm not 100% sure about this, but I think he'll end up back in WWE, and I think he'll accept whatever they give him, as long as it's somewhat respectable. Like, we don't know why he quit last time. I, I heard the rumor that he wasn't going to be WrestleMania main event, and that's why he got mad and left. 
you know that's unreasonable though if you want to be the man all the time yeah you're not going to be the man but if uh if you're if they're going to put him in mid-card feuds against other like decent wrestlers then i think that's okay you should just roll with that just so he could have a job and make some money um but I, I don't know, like Robert. I don't know if you said you were, you were going to say something. I don't know exactly yeah, why he left. He went on a, he went on a uh, podcast with his um. Well, it's not his friend anymore. But what's his name? Um, uh, Cold Cabana. Yeah, Cold Cabana. He 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 went on it on Cold Cabana's podcast, and um, I think it was like an almost an hour long explanation. Like he he gave a very thorough explanation as to why he left it. Um. There were a lot of like medical issues that he was dealing with, and then um, I, WWE was like not handling it correctly. That that was like the one of the major reasons. But um, I forgot the other reasons. But like he he gave a very thorough explanation as to why, and it, it made sense. I I think you should check it out if you have time. Yeah, it was a combination of what you just said, and I think some problems with his booking. But yeah. you know, at the end of, and I think. Also, that he's a very confrontational person. <laughs> I think there's yeah. it's, it's a combination yeah. of all three all three things. You know, WWE does at that time, especially the, the, all those. I mean, probably even now they they have a very grueling schedule. You know, they I could see how you could want to take time off, and maybe they don't want to give you time off. You know, things like that could happen. But you know, yeah. All right. Well, look, if anybody has anything else that you think I missed about it or if you have any other thought about it, you can have, say it now or forever hold your peace because we're never going to talk about CM Punk. Well, well let me just ask again. this. Is, is, <laughs> is, is this – I mean, I said this is you know a good thing for both parties, but is this – I mean, I think it's going to be fine for Punk. He, he'll make do whether he goes back to wrestling or not. Sure. He's going to starve. But it, but, it does but, suck for him, you know? Sure. It in a sense, it does. But what 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 about for AEW? Is uh, is this the end of them possibly being a, a legitimate company in, in your guys' eyes? I know that Khan usually asks the question, but let me just throw that out there. No, yeah, that's a, totally that's great, bro. Go ahead. How about you, you Robert? Know, you go first. I'll go after you. If if it wasn't for the the rise of MJF and his um, popularity, I w- I would have said yes, but. Um, I think MJF right now is doing a lot to uh, carry the company. So at the time being, I think they're okay. Um, mm. they'll, they'll be just fine. And they have other stars too that, that, that they could build. So I don't know. I, I, they definitely, you know, the firing of CM Punk, that's definitely a, AEW has definitely taken a hit. <laughs> but I, I don't think it's, that means the end of AEW. Yeah, right when it happened, I was like, damn, this is going to really suck for AEW. This this could be the... I, I saw them losing, like, at least a chunk of viewership. And Collision really suffered, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. It was a, it was a weird show. But, yeah, they had all that drama and everything, so that's understandable. Uh, Dynamite, I thought, picked up. And there were some positive signs. And at the pay-per-view, you know, the fact that Danielson and Starks, they got Starks. You know, I when we're going to review these shows a little bit later, this past week's shows... Uh, collision and dynamite and i saw some positive signs i think it can work i think it could still work and maybe if punk was really that much of a headache and they can just like fucking get him out of the way and focus okay you know fine it's possible it's possible that they could still do good work you know like the samoa joe stuff with with mjf it's like yeah life moves on punk is gone let's plug samoa joe in there and he did freaking great and and the fact that i hear that danielson is one of the creative minds or, or bookers or one of the guys in charge of Collision, 
I think that's a really good sign. Tony Khan has said, like, if anything happens to me, if I get hit by a bus, Danielson can do the job and, and control the show and do, and, you know, not saying I'm hoping that'll happen, but, uh, <laughs> but I think that's a good sign. Having Danielson in the company is, is really good. It would have been good if Punk was there too, but they still got something. Like, they got really lucky for All Out because as we're going to see, like, Danielson kind of took one of the main event spots against Starks and he saved their ass because otherwise it would have been a kind of a shitty show, I think. So, um, so no, I mean, at first, Vlad, yes, I did think that. But now that I've seen a few shows, I kind of have some hope that I think we could still enjoy wrestling, personally. So that's that. Okay. All okay, right. Fair enough. Well, that's the CM Punk deep dive into the CM Punk firing. We're going to file that away into the, the archives. And... Uh, We'll see if we ever talk about punk again. I hope it's not the end, but we'll see. All right, moving along. I was actually going to start the show with uh, with this one instead because I think it was more important news, but, you know, I thought I w you guys were going to riot. But I was going to start with Orange Cassidy losing the <laughs> international <laughs> title <laughs> to John Moxley because uh, that – I'm leaving. Was... <laughs> <laughs> Double underhook. Uh, so the streak ends. The Orange Cassidy streak is over. He lost to John Moxley at the All Out main event. Uh, Moxley, he didn't. He said he wasn't going to target his hand or any body part, but he he targeted his soul to destroy his soul. And mm. I had to see it with my own eyes to believe it. But Moxley basically beat the fuck out of Orange Cassidy, and he put him down for the three count after a merciless beating of just Orange Cassidy took a, a lot <laughs> a lot of damage. But, you know, I was watching it with my dad, and my dad was very impressed with Orange Cassidy. He was like, look how he sells. Look how he acts like he's in pain, at least. You see, I'm I'm with that. With the, with the gimmick and everything, I see that it's silly. But the work, if you took the gimmick away, I think isn't so bad. At least he sells, personally. But, yeah, here's some more of the merciless beatdown uh, for <laughs> to see how much damage he had to take to, to finally end him and... And Orange Cassidy, in true Orange Cassidy fashion, gave him the middle finger before he finally took uh, his final damage and finished him off. So that was the end. Um, now that his historical run of uh, 31 consecutive victories is over, um, we have to get your thoughts about this monumental achievement. Vlad, you go first. Give us your thoughts about this. I have to talk about this? Okay, uh, I will do my best to be professional. I'm a professional. Okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on, let me try. Ooh, woosah. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. No, okay. no, it is hard. It, it is hard because okay. this is a, Kahan is trying to legitimize this guy, but this guy is still a joke. Okay, I don't know what to say. I mean, he 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 kicked out of everything he finally lost but after taking every type of beating you could possibly take and kick out of every move you could possibly kick out of like every single match that he has had and all these wins he gets his ass kicked gets every finisher put on him kicks out of everything and then wins on a roll of this time they didn't do that but okay whatever like does anyone care you can't you can't just say well uh, well, yeah, sure. The gimmick is no. The the gimmick is insulting. It's not just silly. It's there's plenty of silly gimmicks. This is an insulting, ridiculous gimmick that makes it impossible for 
to even pay attention to his wrestling, whether it's good or bad. I think his wrestling is okay. I don't think he's great or good. I think he's just okay. He's not any worse or any better than some of these other indie guys. But it's too the gimmick is way too indie to succeed on a national level and to be considered a legitimate wrestler. That's the bottom line. That's where it falls. That's where the whole thing falls apart for me. Like it's just too ridiculous and too silly and too. That's what I say. This company's stuck in the indies. They're an indie company with a you know a major TV deal, and which is the first time uh, you know the first like it I think because um, uh, TNA was not an indie company in no shape or form for the most part. This is a complete indie company with a TV deal. But, if this is your main event, not to mention this was your main event. You're, Vlad, you're putting him on the main event of every pay-per-view. Right, I'm sorry, let I'm me, let me, No, let me ask you a question. Let me interrupt you for a second. Because you said yeah. but when, when the all-in main event happened and it was MJF and Adam Cole and they stayed friends and how silly their storyline was with them being friends, you said yeah. it doesn't matter what I think because it's over with the crowd. And yeah. it all out, Orange Cassidy was over with the crowd. So what's the difference? <sighs> Okay, well, there's a section of the crowd that's always going to root for anything in AEW. I'm talking about the majority of wrestling fans. Even the majority of wrestling fans will like MJF and and Adam Cole, whether it was had comedic elements or not. Most wrestling fans are not going to like Orange Cassidy. There's a section that will because they will like anything AEW and they want the company to succeed despite what they, the product they put out there. Um, which I understand supporting it, but there's also, you got to criticize if you want it to improve and they just refuse to do that. They'll just cheer anything that happens there. Like, like it's like a cult, like, literally there's a cult at that, at that point, because instead of like saying, Hey, fix this, let's get this going. They like, yeah, this is amazing. This is amazing. No, that's actually the worst thing you could possibly do for a character like Orange Cassidy. If you want to have a legitimate chance of ever doing anything as far as being the second comp second company, well, or even ever overcoming somehow and becoming the first, which I think is never going to happen now. But yeah, things like this are just, it's, it's death. It's death. So that's all I got to say. All right, Robert, you want to give us your thoughts about Orange Cassidy's 31 match winning streak that just ended? I'm glad it's over. <laughs> really? You're with Vlad? Yeah, yeah but hold, hold up. I, I want to... Um, I do want to add, like, I really enjoyed this match, actually. <laughs> yes, I did, I thought, too, I thought, it was, I thought it was really good. Um, I thought this was so good, too. Yes. and Personally, I mean, if um, you're going to end a, a streak of somebody who's, like, you know, been unbeatable like this, it kind of made sense that he had to get beaten down so hard to, to lose exactly. this finally. And and but, then I, I was going to say it, it made I, – I know you guys don't like John Moxley, but I, I, to me it made sense that Moxley would be the guy to beat him. Because he was uh, the AEW World Champion for quite a while. Well, sure, um, yeah, so, like, he should have beat him. If 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 there was gonna be somebody that could beat, or the the one unbeatable guy so far, uh, Orange Cassidy, it should have been John Moxley. <laughs> but yeah, um, this was a very entertaining match. Um, I I know I I talk a lot of crap about Orange Cassidy. I I thought I thought he did well in this match, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. At the same time, I'm glad the run is over. So. There, there's Man, my thoughts. It honestly, mm. it grew on me. It started to grow yeah. on me at some point, like twenty. When it got to like twenty one, twenty two, it was so ridiculous that it, I was. I just started rolling with it. Yeah, yeah. and it, I, I kind of just had a good time with it personally. Yeah, 
I was I was curious to see how the fuck it was gonna end, and I, I liked it. I like that I match. Like, uh, I, I feel I I think it's also kind of hilarious that um, <laughs> Orange Orange Cassidy uh, um, when when Orange Cassidy finally lost, it was around the same time that he finally got a catchphrase. I do Bro. not have a catchphrase. That's his catchphrase, is that he doesn't have one. <laughs> but that is a catchphrase. Yeah, no, that's, so ironically, that's... that's his catchphrase, that he doesn't have one. <laughs> it's very ironic, yes. <laughs> I, I get it. Um, but I was going to say that, yes. I was going to say, I was going to mention it later on, that uh, he says he doesn't have one, but he does. So He's a liar. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's move along with the uh, with the show. We got a lot to talk about. I'll try to speed through some things. Some things I'll just mention later on. I'll, I'll list through them, and if you guys want to jump in with everything, but I'm not going to ask for uh, thoughts about literally everything that happened in the past week. But uh, what do we have? So let's go to SmackDown from September 1st, which is a week ago uh, as of right now. And we didn't talk about this on last week's show, but John Cena return. And he said he's going to be around for a while. So I don't know if you guys are happy about that or you don't really care. I mean, I wasn't really the biggest John Cena fan when he was around. You know, considering there's less star power now than there used to be, like, it's kind of nice. But, you know, I don't know. It's nice. It's okay. He's definitely very serviceable. But um, I don't, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me either way if John Cena's around. If anyone has any thoughts... Uh, you might not care, but I'm sure the networks care and, uh, you know, and things like that and, and SmackDown cares. But I, I think it's, it has a lot to do with the fact that Roman Reigns is just not there a, a, a lot. He's there once in a while and it, it helps to have a big name, at least for a stretch, while you can have him, while you can use him. Uh, you might as well put a star out there because whether you like John Cena as a wrestler or not doesn't really. Again, it's again doesn't really matter because he is a, a, known as a star. He's now gone to Hollywood. He's known. He's done some stuff, you know, and he still has his WWE roots. So I think it's good that he's there. At least, I mean, I don't know what he's, what's what he's going to be a part of, what he's going to be doing, but as far as just having him there is probably a, a boost as far as ratings and, and things of that nature. Are you excited for Cena, Robert, or you're indifferent? So, um, it's funny because he um, he did show up on SmackDown, but I actually thought he was more entertaining on Raw when we couldn't see him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there there was, you go. That's my, that's my punchline. That was um, freaking <laughs> hilarious, dude. I thought that scene – we could just talk about that now if you want. Because uh, we are – I mean – We well, skipping around. How do we yeah, want to do it, Ken? We are skipping around today, but we we could move on to uh, to a little bit of this John Cena feud with he he entered the Miz feud with uh, L.A. Knight. I guess is the background to that scene that Robert brought up, and uh, <laughs> so this this uh, this was an interesting match. I thought there was some interesting uh, interactions between L.A. Knight and uh, Cena, so I thought that was kind of good to put L.A. Knight in there with the big star and let him let him have a moment. But in the end, L.A. Knight wins, and he, uh, he racks up another W after he couldn't buy a win for, like, months. Now he's, like, winning nonstop. So uh, before we talk about that scene on Raw, um, any thoughts on L.A. Knight's recent strong booking? You guys happy with this? It's what we wanted, right? Uh, Robert, yeah. you go first. That's my answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy with this. That's it. 
<laughs> um, I mean, look, the, the fans are behind him, so why not? Let's keep the keep the push going. And he, I, I find him to be entertaining, so no problems on my side on this on this push. Vlad, you yeah, happy with think... LA Knight's push? Is it going well? Oh, I think it's a step in the right direction. I mean, he's part of, I mean, I know you would think like a feud with The Miz, you know, like, okay, but, you know, he's involved with Cena a bit, and that kind of helped the legitimacy of this of this thing, believe it or not. So I think it's a step in the right direction. I think they're pushing him along, and I think um, with WWE not really having a lot of great personalities, a lot of characters, I think LA Knight is refreshing in that sense, you know? So, yes, I, would, I agree with the push. They should... And the reaction. I mean, the biggest thing is the crowd reaction. So, yes, let's keep it going. So the the scene that Robert's talking about on the ensuing Raw where they, Miz introduced John Cena, and it totally made sense. <laughs> we can't see him. And they did the whole, like, the camera was, like, running after him the way <laughs> they usually do, as if he was there. <laughs> yeah. Which was freaking uh, This is, this is and, brilliant. And then... Um, <laughs> So since since we listen to podcasts, so uh, we listen to Jim Cornette's podcast, Robert, me and Vlad, dude, we're big fans. Oh. And he uh, he always talks about how Kenny Omega and these Japanese guys uh, have wrestled the Invisible Man on the Indies or in Japan. And he, he thinks that's blow such an dolls, insult. Blow up dolls, blow up dolls yeah. and Invisible Men. And he thinks that's yeah. such an insult to wrestling. But here's a scene where The Miz actually wrestles an Invisible Man that you can't see. But... In well, this case, well, he kind of wrestles him. Yeah, he does wrestle him. Yeah. He does. He got. He, he literally yeah. does. He, he puts, does moves. He puts on his him. finisher. He puts his finisher on him. Yeah. Yeah. If I could skip to that, just so you guys could see, but <laughs> I mean, this is what happens. Like you know, I've seen a match: the Invisible Man versus <laughs> Invisible Stan, where the referee just kind of is is you know kind of to letting us know what happened. But this to I, me I, was. Uh, was kind of genius, Robert. You brought it up. Yeah. You want to get some thoughts about I this? I gotta give the Miz some props, man. This is like the <laughs> second Raw in a row where he's just been like <laughs> way too entertaining. Yeah. First the impersonation of LA Knight, and then now this <laughs> going up against an invisible John Cena. Love it. Good job, Miz. Vlad, was this genius or is this an insult to wrestling? Um, I think the week before where he was LA Knight, I like that more. This is a little bit more complicated in the sense, uh, my opinion is a little bit more complicated in the sense that I don't know how, if I liked it or if I just thought it was stupid as hell. You know, it's, I'm, I'm kind of in between, you know, like I do like that he was has a create like the Miz is, has a creative mind and he, if he used properly, he can be really good. I've always felt that way to believe it or not. He's just always being used as a laughing stock most of the time. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm glad they're kind of using him well because like I said, he can be, he is creative and he can do things and he can be entertaining and things like that. So this, I don't know what's, I'm, I'm, I'm going back and I don't know. I can't, if somebody liked it, great. And if somebody thought it was one of the worst things in wrestling, okay too, because I'm somewhere in the middle of that. And I don't know. But Kahan, you also thought that this was genius, I think. It only worked because John Cena is has the you can't see me gimmick. So the fact that we couldn't see him was amusing. So that's the only reason why it sort of made sense. Otherwise, if they just did this for for no reason, it would have right. been an insult to wrestling. But uh I yeah. I thought I thought it was I, a good joke to play on the crowd that they were like expecting to see Cena and wasn't there. So 
I thought that segment. But do, but do you think he took it too far when he started taking off his coat and it started like, <laughs> thing, like he threw him out, out of the ring and then put his finisher? I mean, I don't think so. Where he was interviewing him and he wasn't there. We got that part. That's part of the joke. But then when he started actually fighting this invisible John Cena, did that become? You don't think that was already too much of that? Maybe point? that was just like him losing his mind. Like Cena's gotten in his head so much this past week. Like, well, that's yeah. what. Uh, what's the name? Uh, not. Oh my God. Um, Michael Cole was saying, right? Or was it, who was it? Corey Graves. No, no. Who's the one now on, uh, Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett. I'm sorry. Wait, that's what Wade Barrett. Is Wade Barrett Barrett on on Raw now? I thought he was on SmackDown. Or my God, do I got it the other way? They they switched it up. Yeah, they they switched. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't even notice. I don't know why. But anyways, okay. <laughs> shows uh, shows you how much you care about who the announcers on uh, <laughs> WWE TV. I usually do. I love Wade Barrett. I love Booker T. I you know I think Corey Graves probably my least favorite one, but he's still good too. But yeah, okay. I don't know. I guess I wasn't paying attention that hard this episode. But anyways, uh, let's move along. We got uh, Jimmy Uso is back around. So this was on speaking of John Cena again. Another thing he's involved with like everything. So when Cena was uh, out to t- uh, make his debut on SmackDown, Jimmy Uso came out. And, uh, you know, I kind of like this angle of him being, like, stubborn and insisting that he made the right decision for Jay, for the good of Jay, even though the people, like, think it's really stupid. He's going to, like, stick to his guns. And he's, he's going to start... <laughs> he turned heel. This was his way to turn heel. Like, it... My opinion is that I think it was a bad ending to the Jay Uso Roman Reigns feud. That was a, like it, it kind of fell flat because of that. But Jimmy Uso coming out as a heel out of it, and the reason for it, I think, is kind of funny, and I think it's good. I think this, I think this is kind of cool for Jimmy personally. You guys got any thoughts about that, Robert, or no? I I pretty much agree with you. I don't really have much more to add to that. <laughs> um... Um, I, I, I did, uh, thought that was pretty crazy what, uh, John Cena said at the end. Um, oh, yeah, the, 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 wrong, the wrong Uso, the wrong quit. Uso quit. I was like, damn. <laughs> I guess. Oh, I mean, I don't think okay. he really feels that way about J- Jimmy. I think this is just, uh, for the angle, but okay. Sure. Um, Vlad, you, anything, any thoughts about what I just said about Jimmy Uso or you're not caring about this? I... I'm trying to care about this, but having him like again explain why he did it a second time, like, do we already got why you did it? It was dumb the first time. You don't have to tell us the, why you did it again. And uh, and then like what what was later in SmackDown where he's like joining uh, the back the blind line. Is, once looks like he does want it. I don't even know what the heck he's doing or what they're even trying to go with that, but. All right. Uh, so I kind of care, but I don't really care, you know, at the end of it. <laughs> well, another thing I liked from this SmackDown episode was the scene where uh, Jimmy Uso busts in on Mia Yim and, like, insults her. It's like, was anybody talking to you? And then uh, Mia Yim got offended and went to the Good Brothers and was like, we got to do something. They're like, dude, let it go. And AJ Styles came out and he's like, what? He disrespected you. <laughs> we can't just let that go. I love this for AJ. I'm just happy to see AJ in anything. But I thought that was pretty amusing, personally. I had to give it a shout out. But yeah, it's not a big deal or a big angle, but I liked it. Uh, moving along, moving along. I'm going to move on to... Give me one second to load the next clip. 
Vlad, do something funny. I'm kidding. You don't have to do anything funny. <laughs> Should I make faces? Should I make like weird faces? What am I? A, am I a clown? Am I here to amuse you? <laughs> All right, let's move on to Judgment Day. <laughs> Thank you for that, Vlad. Let's move on to Judgment Day, who are yes. newly bolstered by winning the undisputed tag team titles from uh, Sammy and KO at Payback, and uh, also bolstered by um, JD McDonough's incredible gift to Senor Money in the Bank. <laughs> <laughs> with new the new briefcase looks really really snazzy i thought that was nice like they were they were kind of rejecting him as a friend but they he brought a nice gift and they were like that's cool so they might let him in now i think that's good but uh judgment day are uh they they, they looked down in the dumps for a while but uh it looks like they got it all together now man look at that that looks nice that's that's pretty pretty good so we gave him a lot of flack in recent weeks for being kind of uh, looking bad, doing stupid things. And they certainly were doing stupid things, except for Rhea. She was always, you know, strong. But what do you make of this group now that their fortunes have turned? Vlad, you go first. You're the guy who, who's been saying that, you know, you thought their run was over, that they were going to break up. Um, I mean, I think it still will lead to that, but it's probably – long-term booking. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I, I think, well, this was like a must win. It was like a five on two match. Basically it was a nobody there to help out. Uh, yeah, no Sammy Cody, no Cody for some reason didn't step in. He was there. He could have helped them out. You know, he's been kind of with them. Uh, was he there? That made... Did he have a match on payback? I don't think he did. He didn't have a match, but he had that, uh, he had that uh, interview with Grayson Waller or whatever the hell that was. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but anyways, um, yeah, I mean, this is, if they were ever going to win the titles, it had to have been in this type of match because obviously they've already been proven they can't beat them in a straight, like, regular match. It has to have been, like, a no DQ, anything goes, crazy type of stuff happening where it's a five-on-two. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm fine with I'm fine with it because I, or, you know, I've said before that I kind of was tired of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn with the titles because I thought they'd been really boring as champions. I thought very mediocre run uh, uh, as champions. I mean, nothing really sticks out since they won those titles at WrestleMania. So, yeah, I'm fine with it. Robert, were you surprised to see a title change there at Payback? No, because uh, Judgment Day really needed that win. Mm. Needed they, it bad. They needed it. They needed it bad because they were taking way too many L's. So they... <laughs> Something had to happen, you know, a reversal of fortune had to, had to eventually happen. So it finally yep. did. All right. All right. That's Judgment Day news for you. Uh, let's move along. We got more to talk about. Let's talk about uh, since uh, Jimmy Uso showed up on SmackDown, Jay Uso showed up on Raw. So I guess that's what they do with these wrestlers who their feud ends with Roman and they don't win the title because they got screwed over and they just go to Raw so they could be like separated from them. Right. So he joins Raw. The rock, the locker room was very uneasy about it. The storyline was that, you know, he was a former Bloodline member. Like, we can't just accept him as, like, a cool guy, you know. And uh, some people were trying to vouch for him. And in the end, Dominic Mysterio said, you know, I feel you, man. You're, I have, I've had family issues, too. So he, he invited him to join the Judgment Day. <laughs> genuinely. Genuinely offers him a spot. You know, he says, you're welcome in our family. 
Yeah, what do you think about this? How? What do you think about Jay Uso on Raw, Vlad? Um. Yeah, you know, not. I can't say I'm like excited about it, but you know, I think Jay's trying and he's doing as best he can with whatever angle they've got cooked up here with him. I don't know if it's gonna where it's gonna lead to. If it's gonna be with like who he's gonna end up feuding with, how he's gonna get back to fighting with the, his brother or. Or that, that whole bloodline stuff that's going on on SmackDown, but somehow it will happen. We know that. So what? I guess he's just they're just buying the time until that he's not joining the Judgment Day. That would be just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, that would be insane. So that's not going to happen. Um, I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Jay's a good talent. I just don't know if there's anything really exciting for him to really be doing on Raw specifically. That's that's it. Robert, what about you? You got any excitement for Jay Uso joining the Raw roster? No, not really. I'm kind of on the same boat as Vlad in this case. But um, I do want to say one thing with that that segment with uh, Dominic. This is the first time I can remember in, in a very long time where I could actually hear more than two words come out of Dominic's <laughs> mouth before he gets drowned out by booze from the crowd. I'm like... I, I could hear him say a whole sentence now. That's that's yeah. interesting. I've, I haven't heard that in a while. Um, Good point. Yeah, Good I, point. I just, yeah, I just I just had to point that out. But um, yeah, I don't really have any feelings of re regarding um, Jay coming to Ra. Or, but we'll see how it plays out. I don't know why you think that this is somehow going to end up with him going back to SmackDown. Or you know, I think they're just separating him. I think it's over. I think it's just going to be a singles guy now, be on his own. Vlad. That's, yeah, that's but he's. I don't. I don't think he can. I don't think. I know that his nickname is Main Event Jay Uso, but I don't think he actually is a main event, or in that sense. I think he's a main eventer with his brother as a tag team, but as a single, I, I don't think. So. Man, they sure I, pushed I, I, for that though, for putting him in the main event against Roman. Like that. That was supposed to make him. He he was the winner of that match basically. If he didn't get screwed. Yeah, but nobody actually thought he was going to win. Nah, I mean, you know? yeah, but still, that so... makes him a strong character. That's a rub. Like, dude, you know. But, yeah, even that happened to Drew McIntyre, too. That happened to Sami Zayn. I guess it doesn't mean anything that you yeah. should have beat Roman. But uh... I, I, I know what you're saying, Keon, but I, I don't agree. I just don't see him in the same – like, I don't see him as, a, like, in the main event. I was like, I don't see him, like, comparison with, like, a Cody Rhodes or even a, Gu a Gunter, who I think are yeah. two, like – I think, I think they're going to try it, dude. I really think they're going to try it. I think they're going to try to make him a main event okay. guy. Okay. I mean, if if it works out and I'm proven wrong, great. I, I have no ill will at all towards Jey Uso. I think he's, a, like I said, I think he's a really good talent. I just don't know if he's a main event talent. All right. All right. Robert, if you don't have anything to say, I'm going to move on to um, – what am I moving on to? So I kind of mentioned this. This is in the past week of wrestling. This was kind of a, a superstar matchup between Re Raquel Rodriguez – and uh, our everybody's favorite, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts about this match. It was a hard-hitting match. Two big girls who looked really, like, really strong. You know, uh, there was um, as if for us podcast listeners, we're watching a couple of the bumps here. Not that many, but uh, it, I I personally thought it was kind of a, a slow match. Personally, I thought everything looked good, but it just kind of wasn't very exciting for me if that makes any sense so Rhea ended up winning with interference Dominic came in and uh you know kind of 
got got in there enough to the point where uh, it, it was like a distraction and Rhea wins. So you guys have any thoughts about this? Because, you know, maybe maybe I didn't see it, but I, I didn't really, really love, love this match. Robert, did you watch this match? I did. I, I watched all of Payback. Uh, this was just okay. Um, I wasn't too impressed by it, but it, it kind of went as I expected it to. Yeah, I'm glad. Because yeah. we were excited for this. We were always like saying, like, damn, that's on paper, that's like a good booking. But it, No, it was a solid match. It was fine. Um, I don't know if we're going to talk about it, but it's paled in comparison, I, in my opinion, in my opinion, to the other women's match, yeah, which I, I thought yeah, was... Yeah, I agree. Which was, I thought was amazing. Oh, okay. If, if we are going to talk about it, then I'll save that. For, <laughs> yeah, if that's what's next, then great. Yeah, so... Uh, Trish Stratus, who I've been uh, lauding and on my reviews, you know, for since her return, since she's been involved with WWE, uh, this feud, honestly, I don't know, kind of to me was kind of whatever. But the Vlad was really into this match, huh? Oh, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, I think it was just a great match. It was a great cage match. It had great. I mean, both both ladies just worked so hard in this match and. They did so well, and it was some good psychology behind it. There was some weird things at the end that I don't like, uh, which is typical. Like, they can't have a perfect WWE match. Like, Zoe Stark's just being able to enter the cage. You know, what's the point of even having that a That always match? happens. There's no DQ in a cage match, so. Yeah, but she. Just, but they just opened the door, but she didn't even, like, it wasn't even locked. <laughs> it's not even the doors. The door's never locked in the cage matches, dude. You know, you that okay, I think you in could WWE wrestling. It's not locked in a case. Yeah, in other companies historically it has been, but that's my only gripe with it. Otherwise, I think it was phenomenal. I think both did a great job. I was, I knew that it would the match would not be top for the rest of the show. I knew it would be the best match on the show because it was so good, and I don't know what else, I mean. I thought it was. It just worked well as a match. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I can't. I know. I think Cornet kind of criticized some of it because he just doesn't like women cage matches. Or I don't whatever. think he pays women... that close attention when the women are up there. So he just says something because he has to. You know, he but doesn't watch disagree... everything in detail. I disagree with him on the premise that they can't have a cage match. They can, and if it's two women that are same size and same height, why can't they? You know, I mean, <clears> I, I, I'm fine with it, and I thought this was phenomenal. Robert, you want to give your review of the Trish-Becky match? Yeah, so I wanted to start off by saying, Kayon, I'm kind of disappointed in you right now. <laughs> you, should, you should have started off this segment. There, there's only one way you should have started off this segment, and it's by uh -huh. saying, thank you, Trish. Oh, exactly. okay. That's, the, that's what you should have said. So Trish Stratus, in, ca in case you're watching this, let me correct my uh, host's mistake. Thank you, Trish. You did a oh, fantastic. Man, of course, th that goes without saying, Robert. That goes without saying. Of course, we appreciate. It goes Trish. without saying. Well, we should still be saying it. Ever since so we I'm were kids, we appreciated Trish. You know, oh, we she, definitely did. No, but so, she um, great work. I I think yeah. she does great work in the ring. Personally, I mean, I don't think she had that many matches, like when she was back in WWE originally. You know, they yeah. didn't have they didn't they didn't they have didn't women's have... matches galore like they do now. This she was, was her matches. first cage match. This was her first cage match. 
Yeah. yeah so so I, I will I will say like uh, unlike the Rhea Raquel match, which which went about you know how I expected it to, this one exceeded my expectations. This was better than I thought it was going to be, and I loved it. So. Yeah, they told they told a great story here. Mm -hmm. They told a story and they kept us captivated, and I think that's what really why the match worked. And of course, definitely give credit to Trish because like she's forty. What is she? Forty six, forty seven, something. She looked phenomenal, and her work was just as good as anybody like half her age, which is amazing. You know, so well, definitely, help. definitely thank you, Trish, because that was a great match. Well, I think because uh, I have already recently stated on this show that I think she should main event WrestleMania. With somebody, you did. Someday. You, you did, did say that. You did. You did. You so, did say that. Love Trish. I think she's she did great. I hope we have more. I hope they have something else for her someday. But we'll see. I guess because I don't. I don't know. I don't think she'll be around for a little while. It seems. Um, it seems. Yeah. Uh, so let's move along. So let's go on to AEW. Um, we have two shows that we haven't talked about: Collision and Dynamite. So Collision from September second, which was the night, the morning of where they fired CM Punk. And um, it was a little awkward, and, and Tony Khan came out there and gave his speech, his spiel about the whole thing. He even uh, went out there and did it live in front of the crowd, in front of the Chicago crowd, which was, I guess, kind of ballsy. I mean, you know, so they they were obviously going to boo him, all the CM Punk fans. We saw the video at the beginning of the show today about you know how many people love CM Punk in Chicago. But anyways, that being said, let's move on from Punk and let's see what they came up with. Um, so it, uh, Ricky Starks. So Ricky Starks challenged uh, Ricky Steamboat uh, to a uh, strap match, the Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and uh, which I thought was hilarious that you know a heel would do that, <laughs> and, and he would have whipped him. He already did whip him. He wanted to whip him some more. He liked it. So. Uh, the joke here was that uh, Ricky Steamboat came out and Stark signed the contract for a strap match against the dragon, but not that dragon, this dragon. So um, that was a pretty uh, pretty uh, cool segment, I thought. And it was nice to see Danielson come back. Um, but, damn it, hold on. I'm supposed to jump to, uh... oh, hold on one second. I'm confusing it's myself supposed to jump, here. Jump to their match? Yeah, but you know we're gonna talk all out, so I don't I don't know if we're gonna do that now. <clears throat> yeah, let's wait on that. Let's sure, just talk sure. about Collision for now, and let's see uh, how their show went, and we'll talk about uh, their match as we talk about all out. We'll run through that real quick. So that was one thing on this show. I'm gonna run through a couple of other things from this show. You don't have to comment if you want to comment. If there's something on here that you you feel it needs I didn't, to throw in a comment. I didn't watch. On. I didn't watch Collision anyway, so I, I wouldn't have a comment on any of those. Okay, but here are some of the angles that that happened <clears> on there. So Nick Wayne, he had a match and he lost a tag team match, but he caught on the mic and said that he was uh, had trouble forgiving Ar Fox like Darby Allen did, and he was kind of mad about it. Darby Allen came out and said, "I did it because I had a fight with your dad, and I never made up with him before he died." So, you know. Feelings galore, and then Christian comes in to crush everyone's feelings. And this time, uh, a week after uh, ripping on Nick Wayne's dead dad, this time he said he was going to slide into his mom's DMs. <laughs> oh <my> Seriously? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Wow, Christian. So, yeah, Chris, <laughs> Chris, 
Christian has the most merciless lines, dude, oh, out of anybody in wrestling, like history almost. You just go love, straight love, for love, 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 <laughs> you, love. You, you love the going after the dead dad thing, like Jesus. I wonder if there's people out there with dead fathers who are actually like, Jesus, man, that's like in bad taste. Oh. For it could sake. be considered in bad taste, but it, you know, I think Christian's a little bit old school. He knows how to, he wants to get heat. He wants to get real heat. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. that's how you get it. <laughs> that's how you get. That's how you get it. He wants to get heat. I mean, well, Vlad whether you pinch or you know, <laughs> that, that could be debate, debated. Oh no! Just as I was making a point. Oh no! Yeah, we got you back. We got I'm you back. back. All right, but yes, Christian getting a lot of heat, I guess. I mean, is it real heat? Because people just know he's trying to say the most outrageous freaking thing he could think of. So I, everyone knows he doesn't really mean it. Like when MJF says something, you kind of have this feeling like he means it. Although I love Christian. He speaks well. At least he's legible. You know, he intelli speaks intelligently. He's not acting like he's trying real hard to remember his lines. It's smooth. I just can't really believe that he'd really think these things personally. <laughs> You know, and Jim Cornette even says, like, it uh, people aren't going to believe that wrestling is real, but they could believe that you're real, and that's going to good enough. So um, I enjoy this. I think it's entertaining, but I don't know. I don't believe Christian. That's that's all I have to say about it. But I love Christian. It's my one of my top five favorite wrestlers, personally. Uh, I just have a I have a quick thing to, uh, that has nothing to do with Christian. Actually, my my issue with this this thing is actually Nick Wayne. Uh, uh, you know, I'm kind of already tired of him, and and the fact that he get is getting so much TV time. Oh, am I stuck again? Uh, no, we can hear you. Go ahead. Did I, you know, looks like, can you hear me, guys? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah go on, bud. You can. You're back now. We oh, we I'm heard sorry, that yeah. you don't. You're you're tired of Nick Wayne. That he's getting too much of a push. Just. For being a well, brand so new much TV. kid. Yeah, I mean, just, why is he getting so much TV time? He has, I know he has, he had this interesting sort of backstory, but really, there's, is there any reason that he's on all these shows outside of the fact that he's friends with Darby? I mean, these guys that they could have actually, actually get TV time that are not 18 years old, and this guy should be in developmental and he should be training to become a wrestler. He should be on these main shows. Uh, you know, kind of looking amateurish. And uh, that's my only thing I want to say about this whole thing with Nick Wayne. But he does, he's like Nick, he's Tony Khan's type of wrestler. He could do everything that these guys do. So he's he's serviceable for Tony Khan. Um, I'm sure there's 30, 40 other guys that are currently in Ring of Honor that probably could do the same things he's doing. Sure. Not better. So you, so you just don't like that he's, he's skipping the line. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, all of a sudden he just brought in and he's getting like this crazy amount of TV time. I'm not saying that it, he, in the future he doesn't won't deserve it or he doesn't he won't you know whatever. But right now, this seems like not a good idea for me. It just rubs me the wrong way a little bit. All right, I got you. We'll talk more about him in a bit when Dynamite comes up. But uh, let's talk about what was going on next. Uh, the next thing I oh Claudio Claudio was beating on Wheeler backstage oh my well because because he was telling uh he was telling eddie kingston like you think it's such a big deal to beat up wheeler yuda like we beat him up every day for fun and he gets back up <laughs> so uh they're gonna have a match with kingston and shibata which was at all out which we're probably not gonna talk about i'm just i'm just going through what the angles were but i didn't really care about that match 
Uh, oh, Dennis Rodman came, former NWO what? member. For real? Yeah, and Jeff Jarrett was there trying to get him to join their group, but uh, that didn't happen. It ended up being that uh, Rodman was going to be on in the acclaimed corner against uh, against Jeff Jarrett's crew at All Out the pre-show. So if you didn't oh. see the pre-show, you yeah, didn't, didn't get to see Dennis Rodman. But hey, Rod Vlad, you might remember this because Jeff Jarrett was saying yeah. him and Rodzilla were in the NWO together. Like no, I don't. Never. Right? I don't think so. Not, I think not. Not at the same time. I that mean, was an incorrect statement. Yeah, they were both in the NWO, but they were never in it together. Yeah. No, so. never together. Jared joined later when they reformed it in 2000. I know. Yeah, I that's why I was like, dude, you guys weren't in the NWO together, but they were acting. Jeff Jared was acting like it. Love Jeff Jared. Yeah. My favorite wrestler, if you didn't know that, Robert. But uh, his, his AEW run has been kind of whatever, I except for that. I mean... What? It's been a disaster. It's been a disaster of epic proportions. Well, he, not any more of a disaster than everyone else's wrestling, really. But he had oh, one. They I don't had. Oh man, I don't. They had know. one. Was some of the worst. They had one perfect match with the acclaimed on Rampage once, which was the best Rampage match other than Christian versus Kenny Omega. But they popped the crowd so hard. It just <laughs> it was just a good match. It wasn't even like anything crazy. But just basic wrestling psychology. That was the one success of Jeff Jarrett in AEW. But I, we don't have to dwell on him. Uh, sure. You know, let's we not. could. Let's not. But this is just another thing that happened. And uh, oh, Soraya called Chris Statlander a stupid bitch, which. Uh, <laughs> did she? I get, oh, I, I didn't remember, did she actually say that? She did. You, you want to oh, hear okay. it? <laughs> no, I believe you. I believe. Let's see if it'll come you. through on the audio. You stupid bitch, she'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I must have missed this. Yeah. Oh, I didn't watch it, so that's, that's new to me. Yeah. Anyways, so that was Collision. So that was the night before uh, All Out, the All Out pay-per-view, which is a week after All In, and we're, like, so tired of wrestling at this point. I don't know. But it happened, and we got to talk about it. So <laughs> let's go at it. Uh, what happened at All Out? Let's uh, talk about. As my computer loads, Vlad will <laughs> make a funny face. Mm. Okay, so it started with uh, MJF versus Adam Cole defending the Ring of Honor titles against Jobbers, yeah, okay. the Doc, the Dark Order. Okay, um, there they are. There's the Dark Order. If you guys don't know what what they look like, but. Um, so this was obviously going to be a, a win for them for the ROH tag team titles. But at the storyline here, there is an angle that they're trying to further is MJF's neck injury, like a, which is from All In. But uh, he's really having trouble with it. He actually ends up leaving the match and coming back. Um, and they do end up hitting the double clothesline and winning. But the story of the match is Samoa Joe disrespecting MJF afterwards. <laughs> And that was a callback to NXT. I don't know if you know that, Robert, but uh, I, know. Yeah, I, know. I did see that before. I kind of had to be reminded of it to remember why. You know, why I had that... to be reminded of it too, but I, I, did, yeah. I did remember seeing that before, yeah. <clears throat> yes, so MJF couldn't hold back, and um, and this ended up turning into a feud. So this is, is we're going to talk about this more on our uh, Dynamite review after this, but this was, this is like such a good idea mjf versus yep. joe mm -hmm. this is like Absolutely. somebody came up with this and they hit the nail on the head to be honest 
Um, but let's move along because we're going to get to that in a little bit. They had they had a hot segment on Dynamite that I'm excited to talk about. But I did mention that Danielson uh, saved the show because he stepped in for this was supposedly supposed to be CM Punk's spot. But he faced Ricky Starks in a strap match. And uh, it was a really bloody, gory match. Very, It looked good. Ricky Starks did well, right, Vlad? Um, uh, he, exceptionally well. Yeah. Yeah. And Daniel, Danielson ended up winning. But... <clears throat> Um, good work, great, great, great work. This was the probably the match of the night. Would you say it was the match of the night, Vlad? I would say it's the match of the night. I, I, it was my favorite match of the night. Um, I know some people also liked Takeshi and Omega. I think this was a bit better, and it was more of the type of wrestling that I like now, in the sense that it was, yes, it was a gimmick match, but it was also kind of a believable gimmick match. Now, somebody could say, well, they didn't really have any feud. I understand that this was thrown together at the last minute because of the punk situation. But as far as just a match and how well they both guys did, it was phenomenal. I mean, it was just a great, great entertaining match. But it's not really that surprising because Danielson is one of the best workers in, of all time. And I think Starks is extremely talented. If they just let him loose and let him go, he's exceptional, exceptional talent. So, uh, for him, I think. Um, this was the match of the night for me. Robert, did you enjoy this match? Yes. So, a couple things. <clears throat> I, I did mention already that I didn't watch Collision. So I didn't even know this match was happening, and I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see the updated card. I, I didn't see the updated card before I, uh, you know, started watching the pay per view. <clears throat> so when I saw Danielson appear, I was like what i was legit shocked like wait a minute i had no idea this was happening and i uh, obviously like i was really uh, overjoyed about this you know because I, I i love brian danielson i think he's awesome um the match was fantastic and um i i feel like they even with this loss ricky stark still looks really really strong but his his stock did did not go down with this loss they they made him look really good so I think um, I, I think that you know he's he has a really bright future, so can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, you know, you mentioning that they made that match on Collision and that you didn't have time to watch it, dude. That's like been an issue for me too. Like uh, when when uh, All In London happened, I had been like out drinking the night before, and <laughs> I didn't watch Collision and I didn't have time to. And I woke up at nine p.m. nine a.m. to watch the show. And I had to watch Collision real quick. Like, I just kind of forward through it to see what... And that's where they made that Jack Perry versus uh, Jungle... Hook match. Oh. Hook match, yeah. <laughs> Jack Perry versus Jungle Boy. Yeah, Jack Perry versus Hook. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's an issue, man. Saturday's kind of too close to Sunday, you know? It's it's, it's asking people a lot to well, watch all this that, wrestling. That's true, but that that also... Collision was on at the same time as Payback. Uh, I, was, I wasn't going to watch both shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. exactly. That's right. Exactly. That's right. So the other highlight of the night was uh, Kenny Omega versus Takeshita. Let me get an image of Takeshita up here for our visual YouTube viewers. <laughs> but yes, so this was, uh, uh, I think a lot of people were impressed with Takeshita here. And he ended up getting the win uh, and just winning clean. You know, put him over, put the Takeshita over, and uh, 
I don't know. You want to guys, Robert? You want to get some thoughts about this? Oh match? yeah, I have. I have quite a few thoughts on this. Um, okay. One one thing I want to point out: there were two. Uh, there were two t- occasions that during this match where Takeshita hit Sami Zayn's haluva kick. One, yes. ha- one one happened in the ring, and one the other time happened outside of it. In both instances, the commentator um, responded to that that move by saying, "That's a hell of a kick." Both yeah. times, oh. and I'm like, really? Wow, dude, uh, way... that flew right over my head, dude. It flew, it flew you right over your head. Over. I was like, right over way, my way, head. way to be subtle, guys. Way to be subtle. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just, I just thought I, uh, I should point that out. Um, the match was really good, I thought, and I, I think I'm a bigger Kenny Omega fan than both of you. So there, there is one thing that I that really struck me about uh, the fact that Takeshita even won this match. I thought it was actually really significant for him because because um <clears throat> I've I watched Kenny Omega since when since when he was in um New Japan and like he when it comes to singles competitions uh, back back there and and AEW he almost never loses and when he does it's to people that are already like established superstars or wrestlers that you know the you know wrestling community views as like top guys like He'll he'll lose to Jericho. He'll lose to, um, I, I don't remember if he lost to Moxley, but he, he'll he'll lose to like he Daniel lost to Pac once. <laughs> okay, he lost Pack. All right, so that, that's an exception. But he 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 lost to uh, Danielson. Um, he lost to um, what's that? That guy that uh, Chris Jericho fought in All In. I forgot his name already. Um, Osprey. Osprey. Os- he lost Osprey. to Osprey. Osprey. Yeah, Will Osprey. So he. He almost never loses when it comes to singles competition, and <clears throat> the the last time that I can remember that where he lost to like a a rising star or someone that was on the rise was way back in probably two thousand eighteen maybe or two thousand nineteen when he was in um, New Japan and that was against Jay White when Jay White was on the rise. So like something like this is very rare. So I I think. He must really think a lot, very, very highly of Takeshita, or maybe the upper management does, or maybe with Kenny Omega and all of AEW does. And they see a lot of upside on this guy, and um, so I, I think that speaks volumes on how they um, view Takeshita. So I think this is very huge for him. Dude, everybody <clears throat> is high on Takeshita, right, Vlad? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with pretty much a lot of what Robert just said. I think as far as the Japanese guys that, that have come from uh, New Japan or from J- you know, just Japan or these other companies, uh, Takeshi has been the best of the, of the bunch by a mile. Like, he's he's really good. And I think he's – he. I mean, I don't know if – I think his style uh, is, is made of this match really kind of interesting for me because – I think Omega wants to do a lot of the high spots where there was some of that, but there wasn't a crazy amount. And that's what it actually ended up being a really solid kind of match. And I don't know if that's a credit to, to Takeshner or a credit to Omega, just kind of toning this style down and not doing every thing that he usually does, uh, you know, in his matches. So either way, I liked it. I enjoyed it. And I agree with Robert that this could be a, a thing that really pushes this guy quite far in that company and I think it's you know he's kind of deserving he's been one of the more interesting um projects I would say that they've they've had you know so I'm interested where he goes and what happens to him for sure 
Dude, I think this is perfect. I think he's like on the rise to be like a big, big star. And I think they got Don Callis with them because he can't talk, obviously. Right. So <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna work. This is gonna work s smooth. This is like a slam dunk. Don Callis with Takeshi, they're gonna be together for a long time, I think. So. Well, let's hope. I, you know, this is AW. You just, you, you never know. But yes, I agree. In principle, it, it, it works just like a classic heel would work. That like that doesn't have, you know, you can't really speak English that well. But hey, you have this uh, heel manager um, that can talk your ear off. You know, so yeah, it, it uh, works that way. I'm I'm glad he's with Don Callis right now. But I also think they need to at least give him his own theme music. <laughs> Because <laughs> oh, well, yeah. what 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 he has right now is not working. That's the Don Callis family theme music. <laughs> yeah, which is just like oh, that man. one 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 awful note. Of, no. like of like these, this gloomy this gloomy vampire. Music. Like oh, like come on, <laughs> they got they gotta give him something else, man. Yeah, no, man, I agree. I agree. The music, it's good. The theme is the theme could be a little bit more captivating, but you know. All right, moving along, moving along. I'm going to skip Bullet Club Gold versus the Bucks and FTR just because I don't think it's a significant match when they have these eight-man tags that are not for anything, didn't really further anything. Do you know who won, Vlad? Bullet Club Gold won, uh, right? Bullet Club Gold won, yes, that's correct. Okay, well, whatever. I'm sure if you guys enjoyed it, good for you. I honestly went to the bathroom and I didn't rewind it <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Okay. You went to the bathroom and you didn't come back, huh? <laughs> you just but, stayed there uh, until it was over. <laughs> what we will talk about, though, is Powerhouse Hobbs against Miro, baby. So Miro is back, and this was his first big match in a, a long, long, long time. And uh, how did this match go? I mean, I know they botched the finish here. Hobbs kind of tapped out before they really – he didn't even have it cinched in. But uh, the story of this match, I thought it was a solid match. The crowd was, like, really, really into it. And um, I, it was better than I expected it to be. I think the crowd made the match. And it was it was fine. It was more than fine. And then uh, the ending was supposed to be that Hobbs was going to shake his hand and give him respect. And I thought this was going to be a good ending, to be honest. And uh, I thought that would have been fine to leave it right there. Uh, but, nope, Hobbs, it was, it was a swerve. And then he's going to do the beat down on him. And then we got the surprise first appearance of uh, the much talked about Miro's hot, flexible wife that distracts him from his focus. And I guess her name is what? CJ Perry now? That's her, her yeah. real name? Yeah, her real name, yeah. Her real, so, her real name. <laughs> so she, she came out and she had her, you know, she did that Jeff Hardy thing where she's trying supposed to save someone. But you know, poses on the ramp instead. Jeff Hardy, when when he first appeared in AEW, uh, he was yeah. supposed to save Matt Hardy, and he came in and did his little dance. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. But uh, okay, Hobbs knows he's she's behind him, but he's not gonna look behind him, I guess. So okay, and uh, this uh, turned the tide, and Miro kind of that turned the tide to have Miro kind of take control. And, uh, but he didn't want to be with his wife, right? He, he took off, he left. He's like, you're not real. And he, he just walked away from her. So that's, that's the short of it. Right. Um, which I think is a good idea because he's been, he's been on a good roll. Okay. He just got a big win and, uh, we don't need any distractions now because we all know that, uh, a woman like that will keep you up all night. 
You know what I'm saying? And you got to get some rest. You got a big match coming up. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know where this is going, really. <laughs> It's going off the edge. <laughs> but uh, any, anybody have any thoughts about Miro? That, uh, that was that was that was the most unrealistic thing I've ever seen in wrestling. Like no nobody walks away from her. Come on, come on, guys. I, 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 uh, I agree with that. <laughs> I, I thought true. that was a really good. I thought that, I'll just say real quick. It was a good match. I thought it was like you said better than I, if I was going to be. You know, just two big guys. I think. The crowd was really into this match more than I think a lot of the matches, honestly. Uh, and I'm a fan of both guys, honestly. Willie, uh, Willie Hobbs and uh, Miro are uh, uh, two uh, potential, like you know, guys that can really, if AW is smart, they would push both guys because they both have star potential. Especially Hobbs, who's younger, obviously, of the two. You know, so for sure. All right, all right. Yes, me too, me too. I think Powerhouse Hobbs is cool. I like Powerhouse Hobbs. I like Miro too. See where it, yeah. see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. Uh, so Ruby Soho is trying to get the TBS title off of uh, Chris Statlander, but this is the end of Tony Storm in the Outcast because she took the spray can away. It cost her the match. And Tony Storm, who we've been absolutely lauding on this show, uh, is better off on her own. I think I think we all can agree. So that this—that's what this match was. There was no title change, and uh, I think that's a good idea. I think you guys agree. So I'm gonna move on. Yeah. From this match, uh, the, the last thing uh, from All Out was Christian, when uh, keeping the TNT title, as uh, he helped Luchasaurus win against uh, Darby Allen. So he was gonna hit Nick Wayne with the concerto. And that was enough of a distraction to finish the match off. There was a lot of violence. You know, obviously, Darby Allen takes a lot of damage, uh, a lot of for real damage in his matches. I'm not going to sh show them. But, yeah, if you want to go back and watch the match, you want to see Darby Allen get mangled, you know, like he always does. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I like the idea of Christian keeping that title. So I like that storyline. I think that has more more juice they could squeeze out of it. So I, I like it. So I think it was a good book, personally. Uh, or, or Orange Robert... Cassidy. Orange Cassidy would have kicked out of that. I'm just Definitely. Saying. Well, that's Orange Cassidy, dude. Orange Cassidy's on a different level. You can't compare. Okay. Orange Cassidy is like on the Hulk Hogan 1987 uh, run that you know he only got beat by mistake. So he's like the Road Warriors and Hulk Hogan mixed into one. He's He's unbelievable. But as far he as he should fight for the world title, oh, he will. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. He's gonna. He's gonna be. He's gonna win. He's gonna beat oh, Rick Flair's record. Uh, oh. Rick Flair's record of all titles win before, Vlad, before his career I, I, is over. Vlad, Vlad. Okay, hold on. That'd be hilarious. Right, who, who, who are you, and what have you done with Vlad? Yeah, I can't man. believe I'm hearing this. From you. He doesn't want that to happen. He's just saying it will happen. Uh, exactly. Oh, okay. I'm not all saying right. this, this is something that I would do myself. In fact, okay. I wouldn't have all right. all right. this guy all right. on the show, but it, it's I'm, something that I'm, will I'm, happen. I'm glad something you will clarified happen. that. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I agree with you uh, pretty much on everything you said about the Christian uh, and Darby situation. I think the booking is fine there. All right. So that was all out, okay? We're done. We're racing through this week, all right? We got all kinds of stuff. So we only got like a couple handful more topics to go 
Uh, we got dynamite. So this dynamite was from September 6th, Wednesday. So they've had some time since the whole uh, CM Punk thing uh, has happened. So it's kind of blown over a bit. And now they mm. can get back to business. And uh, we're going to jump straight into the hot angle from All Out that happened was MJF came out and addressed Samojo disrespecting him again. But this time he's not a little kid on NXT. He's the champion. And Samoa Joe immediately came out once his name was mentioned. And uh, they got into a, an epic, epic bagging contest. Uh, like, a la the one that MJF had with CM Punk. And this this show started off really bad. Like, I, I skipped what was the opening matches, right? It was Moxley versus um, somebody, right, for the international title. I can't even remember who. And there was another match that I can't, I can't. Even I don't remember. even think. I don't think I even took the notes. I was hoping that you would have. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it was worth writing down. But um, exactly. This this was forty five minutes in, and this was the first good thing that happened on the show. But this was so good, like this was yeah. so mm -hmm. so good. This made me like happy. I I yeah. thought I thought this was this was like perfect direction to go. And it would have been nicer, Robert, if. Uh, if Samoa Joe beat Punk at All In, like they, if they could have like called an audible right there, like oh fuck, Punk is gonna be gone for a while. Let's just make him lose, and made because if he beat Punk, then this would be like a perfect feud. Samoa <laughs> Joe coming in for the world title. But regardless, yeah. he's the best guy for the job at the moment. Uh, I don't, I, I, I didn't write down all the bags word for word, but they kind of went at each other. So Joe had his. MJF had his. All you guys can go back and watch it if you want to. A lot of stuff about Joe being fat. Uh, a lot of stuff about small penises. And um, MJF was very offended about being called a kid. And he was still had it in his heart about what happened on NXT. And they mentioned that. That he got pushed the same way and disrespected. <clears throat> so, like we were saying earlier, talking about if AEW will survive without Punk. This, to me, was like damn this kind of saved their ass i was like shit yes okay i like this um vlad you want to give some thoughts about the upcoming mjf samoa joe feud are you, are you excited about this well yeah in, in a sense of course i am because hell yeah I, you know, I, i'm a i'm a fan of both guys you know extremely i've been following joe for a long time i mean going back to his tna days uh, i think he's i've always been a fan of his work Always. He's just a serious, badass-looking guy. You know, there's no other way to say it. He, he plays the part well. He's really smooth on the mic. He's a like a complete pro. And he knows what he's doing in there. He knows what he's doing. He's the perfect uh, person to feud with MJF, actually. With, uh, you know, after all the silliness that MJF's kind of been involved in, this is like a serious, kind of hot, juicy angle. And I think Joe's one of the few guys in the company that could, you know, do that. And obviously, you know, I think MJF is an, ex, you know, a generational talent. Like he says, I, I believe that as well. So this is, this is great. This is great. Robert, how do you feel about this segment? Oh, I love this. Um, it was fantastic. And I, I think um, I, I was thinking like, wow, this, this segment is really going on for a while. Cause you know, usually there's commercial breaks and stuff. Like that. I, I think this segment I, I don't know how long it lasted, but it, it went on for quite a while without any commercial breaks, but, and I'm glad it did because this was very entertaining. Um, and I'm, 
I, I'm loving this feud, even though it just started right now. But um, the the only downside for me um, is I think this this feud, this angle, is overshadowing the elimination tournament. You know, that's that's supposed to take place. You know, for the who who's gonna face MJF for the title? I think it's it's now pretty obvious, right? <laughs> like that's true. Yeah, it, it kind of it kind of takes the drama away from that. It's, it's pretty obvious who who should be the winner and who should go on to face MJF. Like, why even bother? Um, too bad for Roderick Strong. <laughs> I don't like, I don't he, know he if I'm that, so sure that, about that. I don't know really? if I'm so sure about. I think Roderick still has a chance because I I think that I, kinda, I don't think so, but okay. <laughs> I think that there's a storyline there too. So, but we'll talk about that in a minute because that's the other thing on this show that I really really liked was the Roderick Strong stuff. But um, this turned into a fight. They they got down. These guys uh, and MJF got beat up real bad and uh, got his his neck damaged more he said he couldn't feel his left arm when when the uh paramedics came out and everything oh excuse me let me make this bigger my bad uh so joe did some great 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 heel work at the end when he was like you know laughing at him on the entrance ramp telling him like <laughs> he, like he just looked like a monster he was like the awful mean monster guy and uh i give hey. this segment like a like a freaking a man this segment was was yeah. really good yeah so uh, moving along, so I got, I'm not going through dynamite like I usually do segment for segment, but just whatever I thought was interesting. Um, Roderick Strong with his glasses <laughs> <laughs> and his neck brace, dude. <laughs> like he's he's so hilarious. This thing is this thing is freaking hilarious. Oh, this this was him at the match. So he ta- he takes off the neck brace, and uh, you know, he he was he's pissed off that that adam cole cares about mjf's neck and not his like my neck is not okay either man like they they bumped into each other on the entrance ramp but uh they had this match against trent and uh it was a good match you know i, I think the storyline is pretty funny with uh he looks he looks fantastic like he's <laughs> he looks perfect there's like nothing wrong with his neck and then when he wins the match they uh his friends like put the neck brace back on him <laughs> He he won this match with a broken freaking neck. Pretty okay. much, I, and I, I, <laughs> yeah. I disagree. I disagree with you, Robert. I think he's gonna win this tournament. I don't know. I, you I really think, think there's a chance for him? I think he's gonna win it, and I, I think Joe and MJF will fight just because they don't like each other. So they could still have that match without Joe winning the tournament. But Roderick has to win this tournament. So because because well, Roderick's uh, um, beef is more, or at the moment is he's. It looks like it's more towards um, Adam, Adam Cole. Cole. I, I, well, I would say so. So I don't know. I I, I think it's pretty much a shoe in for uh, Samoa Joe to win. Okay. All the, right. the funny thing, real quick. The funny thing is about Roderick's broken neck or his neck brace is that he got that in the match with Samoa Joe, and then I think me and both Kahan said that when Joe did the move, like he did his finisher, the muscle bust, or I forgot what it was, but it was like a move where he planted him on the chair and he completely missed the chair uh, during the move. So the fact that he has, that he's selling this broken neck for like the past like three months <laughs> is kind of ridiculous because he missed the whole, like he missed the chair completely. So anyways, I, yeah. I don't know. There's certain times where ridiculous comedy really gets to me. This is one of those times. Like I, I don't have an, a picture of it, but there was a graphic where they were showing it's going to be Roderick Strong versus Trent. 
and they showed Roderick's picture is, is him with the fucking nerdy ass glasses and the neck brace, <laughs> even on the promo pictures. I don't know, man. This is really getting to me. And every time, every time he he yells out, Adam, Adam. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. I'm not. I, I don't love it like Peihan, but I'm not. I don't. It's, so, it it wait, could be on. kind of growing on me. Hold on. So, Vlad, what about you? Do you do you think Roderick might win this uh, elimination tournament? No, I think Samoa Joe is going to win the tournament. But you know, I think that would make more sense. Yeah. I think so. But but we'll see. All right. Couple more angles, and we're done here. Long show. How we're an hour and a half in, but we're almost done. So. Tony Storm, we always have to mention because, like, man, she's just, dude, her look. She's like from every single angle. She's like photogenic. She's like one of the oh, few yeah. girls with like a personality, and uh, she's just awesome, man. Like, I I can't like get enough of her personally. I think she's like been hitting it out of the ballpark. But we've been saying this yeah. for weeks for anyone who hasn't been watching our show. But uh, she's just some. She's really something to watch. I don't know. There's yeah. something special about her. I think. So, unless yeah. anyone wants I mean, to add something. Yeah, I mean, her promos are great. She has that crazy. She's mastered that kind of weird, crazy look down. Like she's got it figured out. I don't. I don't know. It just seems. <laughs> look at it here. Like the faces that she makes are fantastic. Like I don't know. Anyways, I, yeah, she's on top of her game with these these backstage promos. I mean, and of course, I think she's also one of the better in-ring wrestlers uh, for, for the women as well. So it's just, she's a total package. True, true. Uh, Robert, if you have nothing to add, I'll, I will move on. What do you think? That, um, entertaining as usual. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, so this was the one other segment that came out of left field that I really enjoyed on this show was Hangman Page coming out. Uh, being a baby face, you know, he, he, he donated what he won in that battle royal in the all-in pre-show to charity or whatever, to Chicago Education Fund. And Swerve Strickland comes out like a heel. And I, I, I liked his premise here. His premise was like, dude, you don't even look like you're trying. You look like Tubby. Like, look at your stomach here. You know, you look like you've been eating well with that new contract. And he's like, I'm out for your spot, bro. I'm one, I want to take your spot because you're acting like you don't even want it. And I want it. So I thought this was perfect. I really enjoyed this too, man. And him roasting Adam, uh, not Hangman Page, him roasting Hangman Page. And we all know Hangman Page has like depression and, you know, alcoholism issues and stuff. And he he got flustered. He was like, I'm, I don't need to listen to this. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, typical, huh? There's too much for him to handle. Someone's spitting the truth at him. So this, I think, is really good. I mean, for what it is, these guys, these guys are not fighting for any title or anything, but I think this is like a solid, solid, solid idea for a feud, personally. If you disagree with me or you agree with me, uh, Robert, do you have any thoughts yeah. about this? So, yes. Um, so I, I kind of want to re rewind back a couple of years, uh, way back when um, Adam Page was about to fight Kenny Omega for the title. There was a segment that they had. I, I think it was, I don't remember. I think it was like a contract signing. I remember they were, they were sitting at a table. They were both sitting down at a table. Kenny Omega said something that really stood out to me. Um, he said, he said to uh, Hangman Adam Page, all of this, and 
when and when he says this he means like AEW all of this was built for you um uh, you know but but you uh you didn't want it or something like that so something to that effect and i remember when when uh Kenny Omega said that to Hangman Adam Page I, in my mind i was thinking wait really is this is this actually true or is Kenny Omega just making this up uh, to, to kind of build an angle towards their you know their their feud their upcoming match i wasn't quite sure um i didn't really believe it because um to me uh well i i remember when AEW first started they they had like an elimination um tournament to uh, elimination tournament style uh thing that going on that ended up with Hangman Adam Page and Chris Jericho in the finals and Chris Jericho won and ended up being the first AEW champion so Chris Jericho was the first champion and number two the other second point that i want to bring out was that Kenny Omega was uh was always the bigger star over Hangman Adam Page so it didn't make sense to me that when um when Kenny said that to him that you know AEW was built for Adam Page to be the guy but uh you know uh Adam Page like you know threw it away with his basically his problems or alcoholism or just didn't want it bad enough so um Swerve's promo for me uh reminded me of that uh that line that Kenny Omega said to Hangman Adam Page all all the way back uh, a few years back so this was kind of like a paraphrasing of what Kenny had already told him so <clears throat> that that's that's what stood out to me and then um yeah I, I thought this was a good segment um Swerve was uh amazing as as usual I I think Swerve's been been always been good and he's just continuing that right here so I'm kind of intrigued to see where this where this leads. Well, I think AEW always try to throw in some facet of real life shoot shootness if that's a word, yeah. you know, in into their show even if nobody knows what the hell they're talking about. So, I'm not surprised if uh it is true if all this stuff with Hangman Page is true. Like I think this is probably realistic. Well, a little probably, realistic. It, it probably is cuz they're bringing it up again. So, I it, it makes sense that maybe there is some truth to it so but i just remember way back when kenny said it i was like are you serious <laughs> but okay uh, swerve said it again so maybe it is true hey man i can relate to that man hangman page he's got issues like me yeah but <laughs> i know i don't i don't know if you were in love with this segment like i was what do you think um no i wasn't but i didn't i i i you know i'm kind of torn because I kind of, of of the quote unquote elite. Oh no, I think am I expecting? Okay, am I? Guys, hear me? Yes, we, no, we, yeah. we hear you. Yeah, oh, go ahead. ahead. Oh, okay, I was saying um, of the elite guys like that are considered elite. I guess I think Hangman is part of that group. He is the one that kind of I, when he when I first started watching AEW that I was impressed with the most. So I could see something there, but. How many times can they go back to the whole well he's a drunk and he's depressed and he's got all this, well, it's true. Done this throughout his whole <laughs> his whole stint. Okay, well if it's true you you can only go to that well so many times before you're like, well, you know what? Why am I going to refer this depressive drunk, you know? Like he's just not going to do anything anyways at uh, the end of the day. He's not gonna... yeah, That's insulting, but oh, well, I mean, I think well <laughs> I, the, the, okay. I mean, how many times can you be a depressive drunk and be like, and just that's the angle they're going with, you know? The guy has his depression okay. issues, man. He's on meds. Well, I, 
I, I, I okay, see but where... is that what you want in your pro wrestler to be a, 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 a like this a kind of a badass cowboy to be this depressive, uh, dr drunken, stumbling, mumbling type of guy? No, you want him to be a badass, right? So uh, this this doesn't work for me in that sense. I mean, and they've gone to it so many times, like the thing when he was doing with the thing with the young bucks and, and Kenny, and he couldn't decide. And then he helped like FTR win a match or something. There was just like all this weird stuff that he's been involved in, and he's always and he's always it leads to him being a a drunk depressive case, which I understand if that's like his real thing, but I don't know if that's like, and if that is his real thing. Of course, that's something. You know, mental health is a big thing in in society, but I'm just saying I don't think that that applies to wrestling, like to be like an impactful face and swerve. I mean, I try to like him, but his matches are... I just hate his style so much. It's I just don't like the style at all that he wrestles. The way he wrestles is too indie for me. And I know there are people that do like him. I'm just not... I don't like his style. I think he's pretty good on the mic. He has moments where he is good, but I I can't really get really on board with this feud because of the people involved. And that's, that's, that's what I got. Well, dude, the thing you were saying about Hangman Page being... A depressive case and that's not what you want your wrestlers to be but that that is like the new age wrestling thing especially in AEW. like a lot of these guys are very emotional it's all about like oh you're not my friend you know we were we were friends <laughs> yeah. man how could you do this to me i thought you were my friend you know the old days of the toxic macho masculinity is like kind of over i think the fans i think the the writers of the show whoever they are the bookers they think the fans are regular people who have regular problems and they want sure they want characters want out be, there that you, they could relate to i disagree that that's <clears> what you should ha want to push for in your rest you should push for guys to be badasses, badasses. well yeah. they just fired pat the guy who was trying to be a badass in the back so i don't it's not that's not the thing anymore man the thing is it's uh, about going to a therapist it's... dealing with your emotions in a healthy way wait, wait, you want to be reminded of this when you watch pro wrestling no nobody wants to be thinking about their own problems and having and having some connection with adam page yeah like you said like oh adam, uh, adam page he's a drunk and i i, I drink Oh, and I get depressed like he does. Well, yeah, sure, but do you really want to be thinking about that when you watch wrestling? <laughs> when you're watching wrestling? No, well, you don't want to be thinking about this. Why would well, you want to be thinking about this? No, okay. So my my response to that is I think um, <laughs> see, seeing, a I guess, a depressive drunk get get a victory, they they probably live vicariously through that, you know, a wrestler. You know, they, they, they see that as they when yeah. they see that person get a win, they also get a win. You know, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm i I'm just saying. Like Yeah, I'm with know. Robert Platt. I'm kinda of with Robert. I'm not so he's, in hatred of this. He's the, he's the hero to all the alcoholic depressive drugs. Yeah. <laughs> hey, why why not? Why not? If, if, he, it works, if he can do it, why can't I do it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, exactly. Look, Glad I get. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue okay. that point. I think it's a fair point. I just, I personally don't like it. But I, I, like I said, I, it's not that I hate Adam Page because, like I said, when he first, when I first started watching AEW, I thought he was a guy that had a lot of good potential. But he's shown nothing of that since for for a while now. So I think the criticism that he got from Swerve was probably on point and as a shoot. But the people involved kind of keeps me from like really being invested in this thing. I want to, but I know it's not going to end up being anything that great because like I said, I mean, 
I haven't seen anything that great from Swerve and Adam Page in a while, in a long time. All right, well, look, we got to wrap up this show. So one more thing I will mention, because uh, sure. uh, there was a lot on this show that I didn't mention, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say how like I really liked those four things, Joe and MJF, Roderick Strong, yeah. Tony Storm, and the Swerve Hangman segment. The main event was kind of weak. It was, like Vlad said, Nick oh. Wayne getting another God, big, big spot. You know, on Dynamite uh, to main event Dynamite against Darby Allen, he loses, just loses the match, and Christian's there to screw with them afterwards, and you know, kind of tell them that hey, I'm around, and I'm gonna make sure you don't, uh, you don't win, I guess, or whatever. So that was kind of a not a sloppy ending to the show, but just not so exciting. But I, there was stuff on this show that really made me like smile. I got to tell you, because I went into it, like, not in a great mood. I was, like, not expecting anything. Probably pissed off from the day at work. And, dude, this was a weird episode where, like, some things just kind of, like, made me giggle. Like, I really genuinely giggled and had a nice time with the Joe stuff, with the Roderick Strong stuff, with his glasses. And uh, just just Swerve Strickland roasting the shit out of fucking Hangman Page. Roasting the (laughs) shit out of this poor suicidal guy, you know? And I, I just, I got a major kick out of all those. I'm giving the show a B minus on the tail end of losing CM Punk. I'm giving the show a B minus. Uh, did you guys have any thoughts about Dynamite? Can you give a grade? Uh, how about Vlad? Please. Sure. Um, uh, I agree with you on, as we've said, the MJF Joe stuff. I think that really carried the show. The Roderick Strong stuff is growing on me, like I said. I still think it's a little bit too tongue-in-cheek and too ridiculous for words. But Roderick is a, you know, if anybody knows Roddy, he is a good talent. He's a good guy. Um, I'll give it, like, uh, as far as, so those are the only two things that caught me out. Everything else I didn't care for. I did not care for. Uh, so I'll give it, I'll give it, like, a, I'll give it a C. I'll give it a C. I'll give it a C plus. How about that? I'll give it a C plus. Okay. How about you, Robert? I'll I'll also give it a B minus. I I, right. I agree with you, Ken. That's a good sign. That's a decent sign. I was not. I, I was expecting this whole thing to come crashing down, and for the CM Punk fans to say, "I told you so." Yeah. How could you let him go? But we're gonna try to move on and live like this with CM Punkless. <laughs> I think we will survive yeah, somehow. We'll be all right. <laughs> Oh, man. Poor guy. Poor guy. All right, look. We're 20 minutes over. We're almost at an hour and 50 minutes. I usually try to keep these at 90 minutes just because, you know, who's going to listen to all this? So, uh, Somebody will. I, I, think we did a, I think we did a good job today. I think this was a nice show. Um, so that's about it. Uh, thank you guys for coming on today. You know, I always appreciate having guests or else it would just be me talking to myself or an AI. And I'd rather talk to you guys. Cool. Hey man, I'd like to see an AI join oh, our join our show and see how that works. That would be interesting. <laughs> that would be... You know what? Maybe I'll try to. I'll see if I can come up with something. Okay. I'll see if that's possible. At, at, at least for a segment. At least for one topic. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Oh man! All right, a CM Punk AI. <laughs> God. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Punk actually ever says anything about this, or if he's gonna keep quiet for the court case that's coming up. He's gonna try to get pull yeah, his salary. Know.
But uh, I oh, I did read a post that said he might talk soon, but I don't know how much to believe about that. Sure. So yeah, we might have that, that to too, talk maybe. about next week, hopefully. But other than that, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for coming on. Join us on social media, Malapert underscore Smark. If you could find us on anything, please add us. We need some followers. And um, we're on all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, whatever you can find. And then we're here on YouTube, too. So thank you. If you like the show, please subscribe for more reviews in the future. We're going to keep doing this, man. We love wrestling. We're going to do this forever. Wrestling forever, baby. All right, man. Uh, Vlad, I will talk to you later. Thank you for coming on. Robert, talk All to right, you later. All right, guys, take care. Thank you for coming Have on. Have a good night, guys. Good night. See you guys later. Bye-bye.